we are a small group. If you guys want to, I mean, you all are kind of concentrated here, but if you want to bring it into the center, that might be a little bit more intimate. Excellent. Well, we, I know, hopefully we'll have a few other stragglers come in. Um, if you are coming in, though, we'll take you on the center of the room, try and keep us concentrated here. Um, but we'll go ahead and get started. Um, good afternoon, and thank you for joining us for our session on building capacity for empowered food citizens through involvement in SNEB. Yeah, come on over, join us, join us in the middle. Um, my name is Jen Zerker. I'm the current chair of the Higher Ed Division, um, the sponsor for this session. Over the next bit, um, our speakers are going to highlight the benefits of engagement within the Society for Nutrition Education of, and Behavior. Uh, many of us are, are members of the society, um, and members, uh, many of us, you might be a member of one division, or you might be in several divisions, um, but are you making the most of your membership? So tips for increasing engagement will be provided by highlighting several aspects of the higher ed and the student um, divisions, including division structure, experiences of leadership within divisions and subcommittees, leadership transitions, and examples of successful outputs with the end goal of empowering the next generation of food citizens. So our speakers today are all leaders within higher, the higher ed and the student divisions. So first, I'd like to introduce them. So our first speaker will be Dr. Zubeda Kumar, an associate professor, new, newly coined, <laughs> um, professor of nutrition and dietetics at San Francisco State University in San Francisco, California. Dr. Kumar has several years of research experience 
investigating the behavioral aspects of nutrition and cultural and socioeconomic determinants of health in various communities. Dr. Kamar is largely involved in basic needs research in higher education and is currently leading several projects towards understanding factors associated with food insecurity and designing innovative strategies to improve nutrition security and food literacy. Dr. Kamar's other areas of research include utilizing technology and community-based approaches toward nutrition programs in diverse communities and reducing health disparities. Furthermore, serving in various instructional roles in academia over the years, she's also interested in pedagogical research in various, um, oops, sorry, to understand um, effective instructional practices and is dedicated to research mentorship involving students. She has served many roles in SNEB, um, is the immediate past chair of our higher ed division, and is currently on the future conference committee for SNEB. Dr. Rebecca Hagedorn Hatfield is an assistant professor of food and nutrition at Meredith College, where she teaches graduate courses in biostatistics, nutritional epidemiology, culinary medicine, and food policy. Rebecca received her bachelor's degree in human nutrition and foods and doctoral degree in animal and food science from West Virginia University. She completed her dietetic internship through the University of Arizona. Dr. Hagedorn Hatfield's research and advocacy efforts focus on improving food security and food access for at-risk populations, including college students, minority groups, and rural families. She served as part of SNEB's Higher Education Division in many roles, including co-chair for the Food Security and Higher Education Subcommittee and liaison to the Advisory Committee on Public Policy. She is our current chair-elect and looks forward to continued engagement with members of SNEB through our division efforts. Dr. Aisha Baltachi is a second-year doctoral uh, postdoctoral fellow at the Minnesota Obesity Prevention Training Program. She is a Bachelor of Nursing from Istanbul University Florence Nightingale Nursing School. She holds um, an MS in Human Nutrition from the University of Wisconsin-Stout and a PhD in Nutrition with a Community Nutrition Focus from the University of Minnesota. She is the current chair and past treasurer secretary for SNEB student division. She also served as a student representative on the SNEB board of directors and co-chaired for the membership committee last year. Her primary research interest is using mixed methods in community-based research programs focusing on healthy eating and physical activity to improve individuals' health and well-being, especially with families and children living in low-income and racial racially and ethnically diverse households. She's also interested in working on research projects aiming at food security status, home food environment, and social and environmental factors such as parenting practices and, and these things that influence food and activity behaviors. So with that, I will turn things over to Zubeda. All right, thank you, Jen. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for being here. We understand there's three other competing sessions happening right now, and it is the last day of the conference, so we appreciate you all being here. 
Um, as you heard from Jen before, we are going to talk a little bit about the benefits of engagement in SNEB. We'll talk a little bit about our journeys as well and how we got to be where we are in the division and also um, in the society. Uh, and then we will end up with an activity. So we want you all to kind of create your own adventure within SNEB. Uh, and you know, there's no right or wrong way. It's just whatever works for you. Um, so those are kind of the objectives for us today that we will cover in our session. Uh, and we'll focus specifically on the higher ed division because that's where we have spent the most amount of time. Um, but before I begin with that, I kind of wanted to see um, who's in the room. So how many students are here, if you can just raise your hands. Okay, great. How many faculty members? Great. And any um, nutrition professionals that are not either student or faculty members? Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you for being here. Um, so of course, I just wanted to see who's in the room. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about how you can all get involved. We will focus on higher ed division. <laughs> um, but we will also, uh, you can go and make a plan for any division that you want to be involved in. Um, I'll share a little bit of my own journey, which I, as an example, really, that it started from lots of different places. And then, of course, for the last five years, I've been with the higher ed division uh, in various roles. So just as an example, and you know, everybody's journey starts different. My journey started, and the badge showed me when my journey started, which was in 2014. Uh, I was like, wow, it's been almost 10 years. Um, so I kind of started looking, uh, looking back to see how I started and, you know, just to give you ideas, maybe that's something that, um, you know, you may want to figure out for yourself. So in 2014, joined SNEB as a student um, and I presented my first poster, which uh, was an experience at a national conference, right? So I presented locally before, but at a national conference, um, that was my first time. So it was amazing uh, and my, I did not know of SNEB at the time, and uh, one of my doctoral dissertation advisors told me about it, uh, and it was amazing to see her journey as well, because my, one of my doctoral committee advisors was Dr. Yonori Hernandez, who's now the chair of SNEB, <laughs> so I've kind of seen her journey as well, right? and she guided me um, initially and kind of told me about the conference. Uh, and for the students specifically, um, you know, this, this method has kind of stayed that if you volunteer for the organization, you can get sometimes registration waived, sometimes you get some other discounts. So I use that, right? I use that. I was able to apply for the student scholarship. I got it, which allowed me to come for my first SADB conference. Uh, and I volunteered. As long as I was a student, I volunteered for SNEB because that helped with the registration piece. So just, just some tips for the students in the room. Uh, one of my first roles um, naturally was because Dr. Hernandez was in the um, Dian Division, which is Division of International Nutrition Education. Um, so I was part of the Dian Division initially, right? So I just followed her. Uh, and at the time, I was a media coordinator for the newsletter for Dian. So that was kind of my first involvement with um, SNEB. And then um, my interest was always in technology as well. And you know, one of the things we will talk a little bit about for our higher ed division goals too um, for the future, which is looking into AI and 
things of that nature, chat GBD, thanks. <laughs> um, so I was also a member of the steering committee for Digitech division, which was a new division at the time. Now you all see that, right? It's, it's been a developed division, but at the time they were building, and you know, I think there was a need for it, right? So I was one of the members. There was a lot of, I think, 10 plus members um, that, was, that were part of that. And then I got to know about higher ed division, and I also became a faculty member at the time, so it was a perfect fit in that sense. Um, and my first role with the higher ed division was I was an annual conference planning committee member for higher ed, where we reviewed um, various sessions, uh, and there's like a score sheet. If any of you have kind of reviewed the sessions or abstract, you understand how, how that is. If not, I highly encourage, it's an amazing experience. It also, what you learn from it is you can make your own sessions and posters better for submissions, abstracts and whatnot. So you are obviously giving feedback, um, so that's, that's you know, a learning experience. Then I, I was, in the next year, which again became 2019, I was the communications chair for higher ed. Uh, and then chair-elect, after that the chair of higher ed for 2021. Um, and again, those two, I got the COVID years, which is fine, <laughs> we're all mostly online, we made the best of it. Uh, and, this, and this is a new role, but last year they wanted the past chairs to stay on, that way they can stay as a resource um, for the new uh, leadership. So last year, and you know, in a few weeks, the term ends is as a past chair of higher ed division. And then my latest involvement with SNEB has also been an amazing learning experience because I was the co chair for the abstracts this year, posters and orals. So it was another person that was um, Brenda Abu was the other co-chair. So what we were doing was we had a look at almost all the abstracts that everybody submitted. Uh, but we, of course, as some of you know, but others who don't know, every abstract gets reviewed by at least three to five reviewers. And they all give scores, right? So sometimes it's an easy decision to accept abstracts. Other times, if it's a tie or two people say no, two people say yes, so then you kind of have to make a decision. Uh, and the, so we really relied on the reviews from all these people, right? Um, and, but someone has to, you know, give a report to Rachel and then they're able to make it uh, finalized. So we were working on that. Um, and of course, the, the reviewer comments and whatnot, right, sometimes they can be mean. We looked at them, we tried to make sure they're useful feedback and not just mean comments, which can happen sometimes. So I, it, it, that has been my latest involvement um, with SNEB as well, and I, it has been a really good learning experience, right, um, with regards to um, understanding how a conference works, right, and it's 700 plus members online um, and in person here. So it has been a great learning experience, kind of learning that how these sessions and abstracts are put together and which categories they're put together, timing, et cetera. So it's, it's, it's been a great experience. So, and this year also I had a full circle moment in the sense that my own graduate student is here presenting her first poster at her first national conference. So it's been kind of a journey, uh, but it has been a very meaningful journey. Right? So I just wanted to share a little bit about that um, before I dive a little bit deeper into our higher ed division, which 
has been my primary involvement uh, with SNEB and where I've made wonderful connections uh, and we worked on several studies which you will get to hear from Becca as well. So we are one of the 11 divisions of SNEB. We represent one of the larger divisions, about 160 members. Uh, our members are people in higher ed and they might be with different uh, responsibilities. They might educate students, they might provide nutrition education services, um, they may be working on food insecurity, um, or scholarship of teaching and learning. So if any of you does that work, this is the right space for you to be. Um, and you know, lots of um, uh, innovation happening in that area. What, what you see on the slides is one of our editorials that we were able to um, uh, publish in the uh, JNEB. And that was re-envisioning nutrition instruction in higher education. Um, then our mission for higher education is to uh, provide individuals who work in these post-secondary institutions to network, to ch share pedagogical methodology um, and strategies to improve um, the effectiveness of teaching, um, research on higher ed campus, campuses, and um, kind of collaboration um, sort of opportunities that are there. Um, and we have uh, our division structure is such that there is elected leadership in which you um, have, are elected, right? So people vote for you. And this is where when you get that email from SNEB that, okay, you know, you, these are the people that are running, you should vote for them or, you know, the options that are there. So those are elected leaderships, right? So that's chair, chair elect, secretary, and past chair. So past chair is, of course, you know, if you're the chair, you just kind of automatically become the past chair. Um, but these are elected roles, right? So um, you can put your names down and then people would vote for that. Now volunteer leadership is, is voluntary as the name suggests, so you can all decide. Um, and you will hear from Becca that we have many subcommittees, right? Um, so you can volunteer to be like, okay, I'm really excited about scholarship of teaching and learning and I would like to either lead the division or become a member of the division. Right, so you can, um, uh, you can let one of the folks know that you're interested in being involved. And maybe you just want to just be a member, right? You may not want to take leadership role. That's fine, just, just keep us posted. Um, and we do have a few volunteer leadership roles as well. And then of course division members are the foundation. Without the members, the, the division is not going to work. Um, just some pictures of uh, our meeting last year, which was um, you know, a hybrid meeting. So some of us, it was the first SNEB after the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so you see some folks in the room and then about 10 or so people on the laptop on Zoom, right? And that was last year. And those of you who were here in person, we were able to um, go for a social, we got a nice dinner. Um, so that's that. We have a lot of awards that uh, our division gives out. You may have seen the folks for this year um, on Friday evening ceremony, I think. Um, so you probably saw the students that got the awards, um, the uh, early career professional that got the award, Jeb Bastian. And then we also have another award. So what, why am I talking about this? So if you're a student, consider applying for these, right? because um, we have multiple student research awards. If you are a faculty member, which it seems like most of you are, um, consider applying yourself or nominating someone for scholarship of teaching and learning. Right? So if you know someone that has been exceptional in the teaching or, or teaching research, 
right? Feel free to submit their name or nominate themselves uh, them, uh, to the uh, higher ed leadership. So it is a, it has, we've been doing this for a really long time. So you can see it's not very clear, but um, you can see the 2021 award winner, which was Susie Goodell. This year was Beth Miller. Um, and you can see the past names, Rachel Walmer, Matea, et cetera. So past winners are also present there. Uh, and this picture that you see on the left-hand side of me, of, from my side, is uh, our student winners for 2018. Right, so all of them, student winners and one um, early career professional. So we have a track record of do giving out these awards. So consider applying for them if you're a student and if you're a faculty member, nominate yourself or someone you know that has made an impact on you for the scholarship of teaching and learning um, award. Uh, now I'll talk briefly about the subcommittees before I give it to um, Becca for further um, uh, details about the subcommittee. So uh, food security in higher education is one of our most active divisions and you're going to learn a little bit about that from Becca. Uh, we also have a subcommittee on scholarship of teaching and learning. Um, and if you want to you know, talk about strategies around teaching, if you do any scholarship or teaching research work and you want to talk about that, um, you know, we, can, we can take it in whichever direction. Right? If you're interested in leading it, let us know. Uh, and we can, you know, uh, work towards that. Um, but it's a it's a group that, um, you know, we've also kind of thought about that maybe for next year we might focus on ChatGPT and AI, etc. So there's possibilities, right? Because these are the relevant issues now that we have to address. Uh, we have interprofessional education uh, subcommittee as well. So if we're working with different fields um, and you are in a role that maybe you teach medical students. Right? So that's kind of the, the group for you. And then we have diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, subcommittee as well. So if you're interested in issues around equity, you know, um, issues around diversity uh, in higher ed, that is going to be a, a group for you. So some of these uh, positions are open. Um, and again, you can, if you are passionate, you can take it in whichever direction you want. Um, here, then we have some representatives, you know, that uh, report to the SNEB. So the policy representative, we have the competency SNEB competencies. There's work happening on that. There's usually a conference committee representative that reports what's happening in the conference planning committee, um, fundraising committee representative, membership, and then there is a larger SNEB diversity, equity, and inclusion group, um, and someone can be represented representative from higher ed to that larger group. So they can report back to us um, and they can bring it back to um, them as well. So with that, I will pass it on to Becca to talk about the Food Security Subcommittee. Thank you, Zubeda. Um, so I wanna just start with a little bit, uh, Zubeda had mentioned her point of kind of like her journey with SNEB and, and as we were planning this session, you know, we were all kind of talking about our journeys and mine's very similar. Um, I joined as a student because my mentor was a member of SNEB. Um, this was the first conference I got to come to as well and present my research. Um, so I think that's a really important point for us to keep in mind uh, if you are working in the higher education realm is getting students aware, um, getting students aware of how important professional organizations are. Um, we did have a poster on that here at uh, 
SNEB that really looked at the fact that students just don't know about SNEB. Um, and you all are probably walking testimonies of just how impactful being involved in the society is. Um, so you make really, really close colleagues. Um, you know, people that are gonna be not just, you know, a professional uh, individual in your life, but also like personal friends that, that you can really lean on. Um, so I just wanted to kind of bring that point up is I think it's really important for students to understand how valuable being in a society like this is. Um, but my charge here is to talk about our food insecurity subcommittee. Um, so subcommittees started within the higher education division in 2019. Um, and when they started, they asked for volunteers to kind of take over these subcommittees and there was no direction. So it was, we're gonna start these subcommittees, take it and run with it. Um, so at the time, I co-chaired with Stacy Snelling um, and she and I sat down and talked about, you know, what do we wanna see from this subcommittee? But I also wanna mention the point there is we had 13 members that joined at that same time. Um, so as I go through this entire presentation, Know that none of this is because of me. None of this is because of Stacy. This is very much a group that just works together. So yes, we were chairs. We were kind of the captain of the ship, but we didn't move that ship forward. We have a really active team that is involved. Um, so at the start, you know, when Stacy and I were talking about this subcommittee, um, we, we, we know there's a lot of prevalence data out there on college food insecurity. So we're like, that's not really where we wanna focus. We know this is an issue. Um, how do we move this forward? Um, and at the same time, we know that there are a lot of institutions that are starting to put things forth for students that are struggling with basic needs and securities. And we're like, we need to know more about that. So when you look in the literature, there wasn't a lot of published studies out there. For somebody that's trying to start a program in, on their campus, there's not a lot of guidance. Um, so we're like, we want to evaluate that research and we want to help disseminate these best practices for individuals that want to make a more food secure environment. Um, so that was kind of our initial mission. At the time, the subcommittee was the College Food Insecurity Subcommittee. Um, as you see in the uh, large heading, that has since changed. Um, the one point with that is college food insecurity really sounds like we're just honing in on students. And oftentimes we are, we have that focus. But we know that there are larger issues in terms of just a food secure environment in higher education. Staff can be hungry. Um, faculty, adjunct faculty um, can all struggle with these issues. So we really wanted to kind of make this more of a broad, how can we make the higher education environment more food secure? So we have since shifted that name. Um, and our mission shifts as well. I think any good organization has to always reflect and change. So as we get new members, as we achieve our goals, we are constantly revising that mission to align with kind of what our membership is wanting to do at the time. Um, so we currently have over 20 active members, um, and you're gonna hear me say active a lot because they are. They work together, they are constantly getting things done. Um, so our current focus has now expanded to also including the fact that we're educating students on these issues um, so making sure that as we're looking at making the environment in higher education more food secure, that we're also equipping, equipping students with the skill set to be able to tackle this issue. So one of the really interesting things about our subcommittee is that we're really active in research together. That's a, a really unique thing in a division. Um, so there is the research division, we are the higher education division, but we also have this subcommittee that really moves things forward in terms of research. 
Um, so I'm going to talk about two studies here and, and just give you a little bit of insight about how things have worked and, um, you know, things to keep in mind if you're looking within your division um, or even, you know, other multi-state collaborations to just keep in mind. Um, so the first study we did looked at evaluating those resources. So we sent a survey out to see what type of programming was occurring on campuses, um, how that programming was funded, um, who's leading those programs, what makes this sustainable and successful. Um, and then the second looked at uh, surveying students. Um, so where are students learning about food insecurity? Do those students feel confident and able to kind of address the issues of food insecurity? Um, so the first study was when I was chair with Stacy, and then the second study is uh, Kara and Virginia um, have led that as their two years as co-chair. And I'll talk about that kind of co-chair model a little bit in a couple slides. Um, but really this all starts with an idea. Um, I think that's a really important point in our subcommittee is that everybody brings ideas to the table. Um, but it is usually the charge of the ch uh, chair and co-chair to kind of drive that idea forward. Um, with that, we all sit down together as a subcommittee, or I should say virtually, because um, we are working everywhere, uh, to really refine that research question. So it might be my idea, but at the end of the day, this becomes a group research project, and we you know, make a stronger research question because we are like bouncing ideas off of one another. Um, IRB is always tricky. I'm sure many of you know that. Um, so there were a couple of different models that we kind of took. The first study, we did just one IRB at, um, my institution and added all of the other co-PIs just onto my uh, IRB. The second time we were attempting to do the same thing, but we were emailing students on specific campuses, specifically the campuses of our subcommittee members. Um, so some IRBs are not okay with you emailing their students um, without you having your own IRB. Um, so we had to kind of shift and respond depending on what the IRB was okay with. Um, incentive models also looked a little bit different. Um, the first study that we did, the higher education division had a little bit extra money in the budget at the time. Um, so with that extra money, we were able to use that as an incentive um, so that uh, SNEB, the society, purchased gift cards for us to be able to send virtually um, as our incentive for participating in this study. Unfortunately, the second year, we did not have that extra budget. Um, so because of that, one of the members of our research collaboration um, volunteered uh, to pay for those incentives for our group. Um, so we had to kind of get creative. Who has a little bit of extra money? Um, I think that's typical in higher education and, and even other divisions and any you know, work that you do in the community. It's like, your budget's this big, how do you stretch it to make it this big? So you have to really get creative. And again, that's why the collaboration of this group is really important because we have a challenge, we're gonna figure it out together. Being that we are spread across uh, the United States, um, data management is something that we spent some time talking about. Um, Google is free, so that is what we have used. We have a shared Google Drive, um, and we make sure that all of our data stays there. Um, we make sure that, you know, when we are working with that data, it always goes back into that drive so that we're all kind of uh, seeing what is happening with the data. We did use Qualtrics, and I parked Qualtrics here because I wanted to bring up a point of Qualtrics that's not something that we ran into, but something that I ran into with another kind of collaboration uh, recently, but can be really important if you're doing this type work. Um, so how many of you use Qualtrics? Do you use the automatic like emails that you can send out? So you upload your contact list and it will automatically email. Um, so it's a great feature because it will automatically uh, email again if somebody hasn't responded to your survey. Um, so a really, really good feature, but 
you, so let's say I build it in, you know, my institution's Qualtrics platform, I can't upload your students, or you can't go in and upload your students. You would have to send me their names for me to kind of build that. So even if I add you as a collaborator, you can't add your own list of students. Um, so that's a big barrier because a lot of IRBs are not going to be okay with you sending students emails to somebody else. Um, so to get around that, we've had to kind of copy surveys. Um, but it's really important that you copy versus somebody else building their own survey so that we don't miss any kind of data. Somebody accidentally skips a question or something along those lines. Um, so no, that's not this specific subcommittee, but it is relevant. And it also is relevant for our works, things that we have to keep in mind as, you know, we're moving into a next research study after we finish this one up. With any of the data that we're working with, we really take a paired approach so that somebody is always checking somebody else. Um, we have a subcommittee full of experts, but that doesn't mean that, you know, we all don't need our work checked. Um, it's very easy to make a small mistake. Um, so let's say somebody builds a table and they put the percentages in there, somebody else is going to go back and do that as well just to make sure that, you know, there wasn't just one little typo or something along those lines. So we really have this paired approach um, to when we work with our data. Um, and the analysis is, you know, something that is really fun. People get to jump into what they are most interested in. Um, so we have individuals that are really interested in qualitative research. So Zubeda and Raquel have been our qualitative rock stars um, that, you know, immediately are like, I want to do that. They get things done. And then somebody else is like, I really love the quantitative side of things. Let me work with that. So again, we're kind of sharing this work to move things forward. Dissemination is always really important when you do this work, um, and we all know that authorship is important. Um, we have ta uh, taken a really structured approach to authorship. Um, there's a, a score sheet that you can find online that will assign points depending on what part of the project you have worked on. Um, so if you wrote the introduction, you might get 10 points. If you wrote the discussion, you might get 20 points. Um, so we use that to kind of guide our authorship decisions. Um, so that, you know, everybody's kind of having a fair shake of where they fall on that authorship lineup. Um, we've also had a lot of conversations around authorship in terms of kind of what deems authorship. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about kind of our structure and how sometimes people will join in the middle of a project um, and kind of when is it appropriate for them to get authorship versus, you know, a project that's already been moving. Um, in terms of dissemination, as I'll show you on the next slide, we have published papers. That is one way that we really prioritize getting our information out there, um, but it's not the only way. Um, we really want to take the work that we're doing, and as I kind of showed that larger mission at the beginning, we want this to go and make change. So we want to share these best practices. Um, so the current group is looking at building a toolkit as another way to kind of get our information out there and make it, you know, useful for people to use. Um, but it's something we all take on as a shared responsibility. Um, we all post on our LinkedIn's and our Twitter accounts and let our colleagues know and um, really take on the, the effort together to make sure that this research is making the impact that we want. So as I mentioned, this is my favorite slide. Um, and this is the one that really shows you just how impactful this uh, subcommittee has been. Um, I really like this slide because it's, it's hard for us sometimes when we're so busy moving forward to remember all of the really good work that we've done. Um, so since we started in 2019, again, we've ran those two nation, uh, national studies, um, and a lot of work has come out of that. Um, so we have four manuscripts from this group that have currently been published, um, two from that first study, a commentary piece, um, as well as a piece that looked at research gaps uh, surrounding college uh, food insecurity. And we have two more manuscripts that are currently in review, um, as well as some that are, uh, you know, currently being drafted from the, the current research study. 
We also had four abstracts. Many of them were here at this conference, but we've also uh, presented some work at ISPNPAW as well. Um, we've supported webinars. Um, so webinars that align with our mission, but also help support the larger division and the missions of the division as well. Something that is new, um, we've just started a semi-annual research roundup. So that's what you see this form on the side, the kind of taller one. Um, and that's our way to, one, make sure that we're staying kind of relevant with the literature. So, you know, I might have found a new article that came out and instead of emailing it to everyone, we're going to put that on the research roundup and then we're all able to kind of look at this research roundup. Or, you know, maybe Zubeda published a paper that is really relevant for what we're doing. We're going to make sure that we're highlighting the work that is coming out of um, our group, even if it's not the subcommittee's work, but we're elevating the members that are part of our subcommittee as well. Um, so if you're interested in seeing that research roundup, please email me. I'm happy to send that to you. Um, and again, we're going to uh, come out with two of those each year. But the really amazing thing that happens in our subcommittee meetings, we meet once a month, is just the ideas that are shared. Um, as we're all doing this work, we're all facing challenges. And you know, I might face a challenge that somebody else has already figured out how to handle it. Um, so we're going to kind of share these ideas together. And, and it really is just a welcoming, collaborative group um, that I think does allow us to kind of make a more food secure environment in higher education. But with anything good, there's always challenges. Um, so I kind of mentioned the ongoing research projects that happen. And um, with that, it is hard for somebody to join in the middle and feel like they have a place there. Um, and that's absolutely not what we want. Everybody has a place with us. Um, so we've spending, spent some time thinking about, you know, what can we change about the structure of our meetings so that when new people join, they're not just hearing us talk about something that they're not involved in. Um, so having more of like a brainstorming session at the beginning where people can share ideas and then when we need to get into that kind of more research driven project that might already be happening, we can then, you know, those individuals can leave or things along those lines. Um, but new ideas are always welcome. We love to have new members joining. Um, it is a commitment to lead one of these subcommittees. Um, it does take time, um, but we use a co-chair model um, so that whoever is leading has support. Um, that co-chair model looks different depending on who is leading. So when I started with Stacy, um, I was in my assistant professor role. I just started and I was gung-ho. I had tons and tons and tons of things that we were going to do. Stacy's an excellent mentor and was like, how are you going to do this? What about this? That's not feasible. Let's slow down. And I'm like, thank you for kind of bringing me back down. And that, you know, that was the way that we worked. Um, Kara and Virginia work differently than that, you know? So it's just finding a way to move things forward and, and kind of what works for you leading. Um, at the end of the day, this is an excellent opportunity for individuals who don't have leadership experience. Um, so you might not immediately get elected into one of those elected positions that Zubeda was mentioning, but these subcommittee uh, positions are volunteer. So if you're looking to get some leadership experience, jumping in into one of these subcommittees is a really good idea, um, especially for any of the students in the room. But it does take time, um, so with any commitment, it takes time. We are flexible with engagement. You can kind of be as involved as you want. I'm going to move on just for the sake of time because I want to make sure that I highlight the benefits of being in one of these subcommittees. I sent an email out to all of our members and had them share with me why they think this is important. Um, and you can read those there, but really I, I think it um, is highlighted that we have just a really open group where we share ideas and perspectives. 
Um, this quote at the bottom comes from one of our uh, members that talks about the fact that um, you know, they're confident sharing in discussions even though they do not have a PhD like most members. So we're not looking at criteria. Do you check a box to be able to come and talk to us? Everyone is welcome in our subcommittee. Um, so I really thought that one really highlighted the fact that um, you know, being in this subcommittee is important and all three kind of share that this is their favorite and, and where they want to be. We do collaborate a lot, um, so I am going to kind of stop here and kind of transition to one of our collaborators, um, but Jen had mentioned to me uh, uh, when we were making these slides that it takes a village, and I just want to make sure that I reiterate that. It takes a village to get things done in our subcommittee and our higher uh, education division as a whole across the society, so these collaborations are really, really important. Um, so with that, I will uh, wrap up my time. Thank you very much, Becca and Zubeda, sharing your experiences um, in the SNEB and especially within the higher ed division. So now um, I'm gonna. Let me. Okay. So now I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about student division. So first, I just wanna give you a kind of a general description of of like what is student division. So like. Um, if you are an undergraduate student, um, the graduate student or, or uh, dietetics intern, you can, uh, you can be a member of student division. And uh, when you enroll to the student, uh, when you become a member uh, of the SNEB, you usually get two free membership. But the student division membership uh, doesn't count that one. So you technically end up three uh, different divisions, so which is a plus. And um, and then I'm just gonna give you a like, quick overview of, like, uh, about the purpose of student division and then I'll elaborate that in my next slides. So the student division gives you a great platform to network with fellow students and also other professionals within the SNEB. And also it gives you like educational and leadership opportunities um, like, um, like uh, fostering collaboration and volunteer experiences. Okay, so student membership have has a lot of benefits. Like you will get a lot of like um, you will get uh, invitation to the networking events at the conference or like events like on the like Zoom like related to students, and you will have. Um, leadership opportunity in the divisions and subcommittees or like working groups. And you will have like opportunities to obtain um, research and practice student awards, travel scholarships and uh, other types of uh, fundings. And you will also have a chance to attend conference like discounted uh, rate and also like you will have like um, you will have uh, ACPP uh, committee, you can share your opinions and ideas uh, within the society and also like the uh, bigger com nutrition community. Um, last year I was the chair of student division and we had like uh, very great accomplishments. Like for example, like uh, I just wanna talk about the last few years, not just the last year um, I was in there, like, because, um, 
like um, we have done a lot of uh, great collaboration uh, together and we started working groups and we accomplished uh, our goals like throughout the years. Like we published two JNEB editorial articles in 2022 and 2023. Um, student division works like, um, uh, let me explain to you like how student division works before I talk about these uh, goals and, and accomplishments. Um, we usually meet once a, once a month, and then we, like, these meetings are kind of like hanging each other and like uh, sharing ideas and like um, the suggestions and brainstorming what we can do throughout the year. And also we like, um, we kind of form like working groups to work on the uh, projects we already set in the beginning. So like uh, last year we had um, the JNEB editorial uh, article goal and compensation proposal goal and mentorship and other goals. And um, we published two JNEB editorials and then the, we also like prepared um, compensation proposals in a working group. And, and this year, um, um, Sharon, um, Simge, Sayaka, they all are here and also and also Monica, they all did a great job, like um, doing art, like uh, sharing their research and work experiences within in the conference. And this year, also higher ed division and student division, we started mentorship program. Uh, uh, we're we're planning to relaunch it, hopefully beginning of uh, this coming year. And students were also very active in the social media. We had like three different platforms sharing our like students, uh, highlighting our, our students and also sharing opportunities and news within the SNEB. So please follow us in these social media uh, channels. So I already talked about benefits of becoming a, a student division member, but um, not like it's not just um, becoming a member is not enough. Like it's kind of like when you engage to the student division, you will get a lot of like extra benefits. Like I just want to highlight here two uh, important benefits. Like the first one is so when you uh, become in the student division, um, when you are in the student division, you have a like chance to get like friendship, like Becca mentioned, like you have like opportunity to make li like kind of a long-term friends, and then you kind of like feel like welcoming environment when you come to the conferences or when you come to the events, you feel like you know ev everybody in the environment and you feel like very like welcoming and uh, feel, feel like home. And also student division, uh, student division also gives you a kind of warm and like uh, supportive environment to practice your leadership experiences and skills uh, because it's just us, like the students and like you can improve yourselves and then move on to the professional platforms with a like better confidence. So it was a great, great transition for me, like personally being in the student division and then Hopefully, I'll move on to the professional, like the other divisions next year. 
this slide, I'll talk about the ways to improve student division involvements. Like, I think we should, like, as a student division, we should, like, um, collaborate more with other divisions to know professionals and, like, and also, like, faculty members from different universities. And it will open for us, like, more doors and like maybe we will have more opportunity to collaborate or maybe like we're looking for a job or like maybe the grad school or something so this will give us like opportunity to meet and like just spread the word and hopefully uh, like uh, get some help from the professionals and uh, I believe like the relaunching mentorship program is gonna be very helpful in terms of uh, this our, like collaborations and this will uh, deepen the collaboration between students and the professions uh, through the mentorship program. And also you all know like being a student is not easy and usually you have a tight budget and you have like less time and everything and you usually want to spend your money and time in somewhere valuable and somewhere like literally give you the opportunity to grow. So like um, in that term, like um, supporting students like uh, financially through like scholarship or funding or in like uh, supporting, encouraging them to become a member of SNAB and tell them how great uh, platform SNAB is, like how, um, what kind of benefits they are gonna get, then uh, th it will encourage them to become members and we will have a bigger uh, student uh, community in the SNAB. And also like student division is a great place to um, promote like open positions, internship opportunities, um, and uh, this, the other divisions can use, use that. And also, like student, like student, like, we can share like SNEB membership opportunities between students at all stages. So those are the projects I already mentioned, and uh, uh, just one more thing: like we're on, like two of the student division members are uh, preparing webinar currently, and we're gonna send the proposal to the SNEB uh, Board of Directors and hopefully we will uh, offer the, um, the webinar in sometimes in August. So it's about like job opportunities uh, within the nutrition path. So it's a, like, uh, it's a very interesting webinar and just like stay tuned and you will get an email about it when we pass through the SNEB Board of Directors. So I would say like um, as an international student and like as a postdoc, as a student and now as I'm a postdoc, so SNEB helped me a lot to grow and helped me a lot to kind of make like uh, friends and like, uh, collab, collab, like uh, also like improve my leadership skills and everything. So la last two years I came to the conference and I feel like SNAB is my home organization because I really feel great like coming here learning about my uh, nutrition and seeing my friends and making new friends so it's kind of feel like SNAB is a great place for me and I feel like starting as a student is gonna help me to in the future like I'll uh, tell my students and this is a great pl platform and I'll do the similar job my 
advisor that like introducing me SNEB. So it's kind of a like generational like um, platform and my advisor was very active in SNEB as well. So he's kind of proud of it. And hopefully in the future, I'll just spread the word to my students and hopefully like I'll be at that stage. Thank you so much. So we have about 10 minutes, and of course we want to have some time for questions too. But what we'll do is maybe on this activity, we're not going to spend more, more than maybe three or four minutes. Um, and I just want you all to think about your own next three to four years of journey, really. And I, I, we, I understand we also have some higher ed members. It's okay if you're switching divisions too. We'll hate to lose you, but it's growth. We understand that. Um, so spend a few minutes uh, thinking about, you know, which divisions of SNEB interest you, right? How would you get involved? What are your two action items that you want to accomplish in the next two to three years? Uh, and whatever that means, maybe you want to get involved, maybe you just want to be a member, you want to check out another division. Um, and just spend maybe a couple minutes, and if you're not sure which divisions are, just make sure go on the website uh, and find which divisions are there for SNEB. So we'll spend a couple minutes, it's really for your own self, right? Uh, kind of understanding that, and then we'll just open it up for questions because we don't have a lot of time left.
We have about five minutes left in our session. Um, so just to make sure that we have enough time to ask a couple of questions, if anyone has a question um, they would like to ask of our um, presenters. Do you have something? Excellent. They're, re they're recording, so we have to be on the mic. <laughs> uh, thank you for your great presentation. I'm, <laughs> I'm really, I'm Sayaka in a student division. And I'm really interested in the mentor program. So, but I not see how it's got on. So, could you tell me something planned about for mentorship program? I'm sorry. So, what was the program? Mentorship program. Actually, Jen and I are gonna uh, kind of like call it the process for next year. We already uh, met a few times and kind of identified uh, uh, our like roadmap and how we're gonna do, what we're gonna do, but we just need to put those into the action. So we're planning uh, after the conference, like start meeting and like preparing the survey and sending it out and then find the like participants and then match them and just uh, start the process. So, yeah, please just watch emails about those. Yeah, and that would be students with, yeah. you know, with active professionals. Um, but I think that there's also potential opportunity for early career with more experienced professionals as well. So, anyone else? Yeah. Um, what is an IRB? So IRB is the Institutional Review Board. So anytime that you do a research study, um, you have to get approval. So basically they're checking your ethics. They wanna make sure that you are not going to be doing harm to anybody. Um, and there's a couple different ways that you can go about it. So um, my advice would be if you are looking to do a study is find a mentor um, and, and they can help you through that IRB process. Yeah, great question. And your university or your affiliated um, organization will should be able to help you through that process as well. Others? Anyone want to share? Anybody going to expand their their division membership? Well, hopefully you have a little bit more insight and can make some more educated decisions moving forward. Can you clarify? I thought I heard someone say you get two free divisions. I thought you just get one. No, it's two. Yeah. Is it two? Yeah, and then, okay, I thought it was one. But if it's two, I'm going to click more boxes. <laughs> no, no, you're going to get to pay like extra $10 or something. 
Well, yeah, but you get one free, and that's what I was clarifying. Or maybe you get two as a student, the free student one-on-one. Maybe students get two, and professionals get one. Okay, Cheryl's going to find out. Yeah, but I just, you know, sometimes. The justification to your employer if they're going to pay. Yeah. Other questions? Any last parting words from our panel? Get involved. Go team. Okay, one division membership for free. First years get a second one. Okay, okay. And and I will second that ask um, because I that was kind of how I moved into leadership within the higher ed division is I I wanted to be more involved. I feel like that's how I find out about things and I learn and I um, you know have better experiences when I am actively involved so I asked to what I could do where I could be a part of things so well thank you all <laughs>